everyone, welcome to the Otter Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Page, and today we are running through crop circles, looking out for lights in the sky and the strange little men behind the wheel of a UFO. Today on the Otter, we are talking about aliens, specifically the greys. The most well-known and widely reported species spotted lifting cows and people up into their spacecraft. Are they real? A trick of the imagination? A government conspiracy? Take your seat at the Alien Abductees Anonymous group circle and let's go! Hello again, my lovely otters. How is everyone doing today? Are we over any bouts of seasickness from the last episode? I hope you all enjoy the terrifying tale of the Mary Celeste, and if you really enjoyed it or if you didn't, please leave a rating and review. They really do help. For the returning listeners, welcome back. And for the new listeners, welcome, welcome to the Otter Podcast, where we are a trail mix of all things unknown, unsolved, and just plain odd. Honestly, we are just here for a good time while you do the dishes, the laundry, plot world domination, whatever small task the otter is accompanying you on. What a treat we have for you today. You all really seem to enjoy our last alien abduction episode, and I feel we are much overdue for another trek to the stars. But if you feel like you have a better idea for episodes than me, good news! I do listener requests, so if you want your own personalized episode, you can send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com. I love to hear from you and know what you want to hear from me. Let's get to the good stuff and talk about the greys. Let's imagine something together. It's late at night. You are lying in bed. You have had such a long, long day and you are so tired. The sheets are cool, the mattress is soft, and you are so ready to just fall asleep. Just as your eyes are drifting closed though, you hear a scratching at the window. Brushing it off as a tree branch or the house settling, you continue your dive into deep dreams. When suddenly you hear not just a scratch, but the hauntingly familiar sound of the latch on your window flicking open, and the pain slowly sliding up. Gripped with fear, you pull the covers tight around yourself as you suddenly realize that something is entering your room. Is it a burglar? A masked murderer? You squeeze your eyes tight and pray this is all just a horrible dream. However, the suspense is killing you, and you wrench your eyes open to gaze at your intruder. Surrounding your bed is not one, but several beings. Short, with bulbous heads, long black eyes, and tiny mouths, they wear strange reflective clothes and reach out to you with three-fingered hands colored like concrete. Suddenly, your room fills with light and you realize, horrified, you are about to be abducted. Not by men in a white van, but by aliens. Now it is unlikely you have had an alien abduction experience, although one source has claimed that over 3.5 million Americans have been abducted. Many of us narrow our alien encounters down to horror films, Roswell, and The X-Files. We wear I want to believe t-shirts, slap glow-in-the-dark stars on our ceilings, and spend our pocket change on rigged fair games in hopes of winning a little inflatable alien to take home and display with pride. Humans are enraptured with space in the hope that something else is out there. We send up messages and wait for something to respond, such as the Voyager spacecraft which was launched in 1977 carrying copies of something called the Voyager records. 
These records were sent out with the intent of some other life form finding them and learning about us. They contain sounds and images selected to portray the diversity of Earth, such as an x-ray of a human hand, a street scene from Pakistan, an image of a violin next to a music score, images of the planets Mercury and Mars, diagrams of the structure of DNA, and the definition of a range of units of measurement. For audio recordings, each record contains greetings from Earth in 55 languages and 90 minutes of music, including recordings of Johnny B. Good, written and performed by Chuck Berry, a selection of Stravinsky's Rite of Spring, and ethnographic recordings of music from the Solomon Islands, Peru, China, and India. We look up and are almost begging for something to be looking down. But what do we do when it does? For most alien abductees, recounting their tales of terror is met with far more skepticism than belief. Though lots of them contain similar elements, they are all looked at as bits of attention-seeking behavior. But to those that lived them, they were very real, especially their captors. And more often than not, they all describe the same thing. They describe the greys. If you woke up that next morning and ran to your roommates to describe the horror of the little bobble-headed aliens, you would most likely be speaking of the greys. Also called Zeta Reticulons or Roswell greys, these beings carry over similar features in every story of abduction they appear. Often described as beings with bare skin the color of steel, they are depicted as naked with human-like bodies but having no nose, ears, or sexual organs. Their proportions are often odd, with large, rounded, bald heads, much too big on their skinny, skeleton-like frames. Possessing little to no muscle or hair, they sometimes have backwards joints. But the most striking feature is their eyes. Large, slender, and long enough to wrap around their heads, their eyes are complete pools of black. When I ask you to think of an alien, you probably picture a grey. Greys are reported to have made an appearance worldwide. They are the creatures found in the very famous abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. We actually did an earlier episode on this case and you should definitely check it out, but for those short on time, the Hill abduction story is one of the most famous cases in the field of UFOlogy. In 1965, newspapers began publishing the strange tale of Betty and Barney Hill who reported being taken up into a UFO where beings described as grey-skinned short men with dark eyes performed invasive experiments before returning the couple to their car. This story would spread like wildfire and is credited with piquing American interest in aliens. The greys mentioned in this tale would later crop up in other reports of abduction and soon became the cookie cutter mold for alien encounters. Modern media even sunk its teeth in by replacing the previously popular little green Martian with a bipedal grey humanoids with bottomless black eyes. They would appear in shows like South Park, inspire characters like Ultraman, and in 1977 were brought to the big screen by Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a movie I personally remember watching with my dad and being subsequently scared by. X-Files even based its entire plot on trying to prove the existence of the Greys. And who doesn't know Roger from American Dad? The Greys have not only invaded our planet, they have also invaded our media. Oh god, that makes me sound like a conspiracy nut. Oh well, too late now. Abduction-wise, greys are credited with the majority of sudden snatchings. Of reported claims, captured by greys make up 17% of United Kingdoms, 50% of Australian, and a whopping 73% of American abduction claims. 
These reports do vary slightly in the height of the greys. While predominant reports list them as short and child-sized, some reports describe them as actually quite tall. It also seems that the more calculating and aggressive species are the tall ones. Who would have guessed? Those abducted by the creatures are often traumatized, telling stories of assault to their person and an almost hypnosis-type treatment where the grey stares directly into the victim's eyes to conduct mental poking and prodding, resulting in hallucinations and a terrorized emotional state. Medical procedures are also reported with special interest taken in the reproductive organs of the victims. Abductees are often left shaking with strange marks and spots of missing time. For all the reports we get, the most fascinating part of it is how similar they all are. A typical abduction story goes like this. First, the victims are captured, taken from their cars, beds, or whatever vicinity of the alien's choosing. The victim is removed to an alien spacecraft, often in an almost trance-like state. Second, the victim is a subject of some kind of examination, procedure, or other activity at the hand of the alien captor. Third, the victim has some kind of conversation with the alien, in which they are told of their purpose on the ship, warned against some impending doom, or just assured of the alien's intentions with them. Fourth, the abductees are sometimes given a tour of the ship, shown a map, or educated on the aliens in some way. Fifth, the abductees are returned to Earth and often experience an absence of memory of the event until a later time at which point they must learn to decipher and cope with what has happened to them. And some are unlucky enough to receive more than one visit. While most claim to have been abducted for the purpose of curiosity and research, some abductions are used as a way to spread messages to humankind, with abductees reporting the greys warning humans against abuse to the environment or the use of nuclear weapons. One theory of the Greys even claims they are the future evolutions of modern-day humans who came back to warn us against repeating their mistakes. But who was the first to encounter the Greys? These beings were first reported in Meta, A Tale of the Future. This novel was published in 1891 by Kenneth Folingsby and describes an encounter by the narrator with a small, grey-skinned alien with a balloon-like head. It wasn't but a few years later that H.G. Wells entered the scene and wrote an article in 1893 called The Man of the Year Million. In this, he described a very similar creature, but instead of it being an outer space visitor, this was what man was actually going to look like after years of evolutionary development. Wells predicted the man would evolve past the need for hair, noses, teeth, ears, or chins. Humans will no longer need to eat. You see, we will instead dunk ourselves in pools of nutritional fluid. Our new improved forms will allow us to survive the extreme cooling of the Earth, and instead move deeper and deeper into the planet's core as everything above the surface dies. We will become true creatures of the brain and lose all need for musculature. This description by Wells of a heavy-brained, unmuscled, hairless being with no need for food or appendages bears a striking similarity to a grey. In 1895, Wells would again foray into this with his novel The Time Machine. In this novel, which is credited with popularizing the idea of targeted time travel, humanity will have evolved into two separate species by the year 802,701 AD. You would either be an Eloy or a Morlock. Morlocks lived underground, tending machines to provide clothing, food, and supplies for the Eloi. 
The Morlock are depicted as bulky, hulking, ape-like creatures, while the Eloi are spoiled and have developed larger eyes, small ears, and pointed chins that sharply resemble the Greys. Later in the novel, the Time Traveler bounds to an even further future where the Eloi are no longer the Wayfish masters of the Morlock, but instead have now become nothing more than cattle for them. In 1917, British occultist Aleister Crowley, no relation to the Good Omens character, reported communing with a being named Lamb. His later sketch of Lamb would show a large-headed creature with a minuscule mouth and big slanted eyes. Other occultists and ufologists have also claimed visitation from Lamb and describe him as both being otherworldly and cold and computer-like. In 1933, a Swedish novelist under the pen name Gabriel Lind would publish a science fiction novel called The Unknown Danger, in which a race of short, big-headed aliens with large dark eyes would be present. He described them as, quote, They were short, and their heads were big and bald, with strong square foreheads and a very small nose and mouths and weak chins. What was most extraordinary about them were their eyes, large, dark, gleaming with a sharp gaze. The illustrations and depictions in this novel would later serve as the base design for all future greys. So we know the greys as a species have been running rampant in the science fiction circles for centuries, but is that all they are? Are these creatures simply a fictional tool used to provoke chills down the spine of readers? Believers report that the greys are only one of many alien species. Theories about their role in the universe range from reptilian origins to an enslaved researching workforce. The most prevalent of lore comes from a man named Bob Lazer. Now I plan to do a whole episode on our boy Bob, but the Sparknotes version of him is that he is an American physicist and noted whistleblower. He claims to have been hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial tech. He has now come forward spinning multiple tales of the other world and their inhabitants, one of whom is the Greys. Bob claims that the Greys come from Zeta Reticuli 3. The Zeta Reticuli is a star system in the southern hemisphere and can be viewed from Earth. This is further supported by Betty Hill who created a map under hypnosis of the supposed home of her captors. Marjorie Fish, a school teacher, was able to determine in 1969 that the map showed Zeta Reticuli. This is why the grades are sometimes referred to as Zeta Reticulans. The most notable encounter with the species happened on July 8, 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico, when two spacecrafts allegedly crash-landed in a rancher's field. The government seized the ship, the supposed remains of the passengers, and even a survivor, and thus Area 51 was created. Side note, do you guys remember when we all agreed to storm Area 51 and we had people out there in Arto running around and stuff? Man, the pandemic was a wild time. Anyway, the supposed survivor was reported to be a gray, later called EBE, or Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. EBE was interviewed by U.S. officials and was determined to be a telepathic, telekinetic, and from the Zeta Reticuli star system. EBE would later die in 1952 from a disease, although this cannot be proven. In 1995, Ray Santilli, a filmmaker, came forward claiming to have 22 reels of 60mm film that depicted the autopsy of one of the crash victims. Featuring a gray alien figure grotesquely cut open and dissected, the film made waves. This was until 2006 when Santilli admitted the film was a fake, or as he called it, a reconstruction. 
Santilli claimed that he had possessed the original films, but they had degraded, and he had hired someone to create a dummy grave filled with animal organs and bones to simulate the crash victim. Santilli was smeared as a hoaxer, however, he maintained that the film was an exact copy and there had been an original, but this was never released to the public. In 1987, Whitley Stryber published his own account of an interaction with the Grey in the book Communion. He was a known fantasy writer but claimed this work was completely non-fiction. He detailed being visited by a being while on vacation with his family. The book was later turned into a movie under the same name, with Whitley played by Christopher Walken. I did try to read both the novel and watch the movie and I confess to not being taken with either of them, but they are both freely available for your viewing pleasure. Another science fiction writer, Jimmy Gui, would be interviewed on television in 1988 where he too would reveal knowledge of beings he called the Little Greys. He would later write two docudramas starring them. The Grey Alien fan club is alive and well. So what did the skeptics think? While no hard evidence exists to support the claim of grey aliens, they do have several believers. But where there are believers, there are also those ready with explanations. Neurologist Stephen Novella proposed that the greys are nothing more than a byproduct of modern man trying to understand our ever-changing world. Through our imaginations, he believes we have created a creature we see as having all the perfect features of intelligence without the constraints of modern bodily failings. He points specifically to the creature's large eyes as a trait we psychologically lend to intelligence. 2005 saw Frederick B. Malstrom write to Skeptic Magazine where he hypothesized that these reported grey aliens were actually our residual memories of early childhood development. Malmstrom believes we mentally reconstructed our mother's face through our perceptual abilities as a newborn. This explains the lack of features with a focus on the eyes. Some feel the greys lack enough to even be considered an alien. Jack Cohen, a biologist, cited that the greys appear too physiologically similar to humans to be an actual alien representative. For the most part, scientists continue to offer explanation after explanation, while believers offer experience after experience. Do the greys exist? Do they visit us? Did they find our Voyager tapes and get curious? Did they just know about us all along? If they are real, what do they want? What can we provide them with? If they aren't, how can so many people have the same stories? We are riddled with questions we will likely never know the answer to, and maybe that's the fun of it all. Maybe that's what makes it so exciting. Maybe the greys are just as curious about us as we are about them. Maybe if we look up, they look back, and maybe we will never know. Then again, maybe like the Morlocks and the Eloi, Maybe we are just simply cattle waiting for harvest. Well, that's all for this episode. So what do you think? Do you believe in the greys? Do you think it was all just some hoax? What do you think crash landed in Roswell? Let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave a review. The Otterpod is also on TikTok. Come follow us there. Have a suggestion for a show, send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com with your request and whether you'd like me to mention your name, your alias, or nothing at all. Remember, this is the otter side, so give me something cool, creepy, or confusing to deep dive for you. If you like the show, leave us a review. They really help. Live long and prosper, and may the force be with you. The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the otter side. Bye.